0: Hello! Welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCuber. Libro am going to try to speed through this opening because I want a speedy episode because I'm doing this on a uh, vacation day. So, you know, it's my vacation. Let's jump right in by saying that, yay vacations, as well as... Um there will be spoilers. Yeah, yeah, don't don't want to forget that. It's just a it is a vacation day. That doesn't mean we we want to get sloppy here in the Liberal Cube. No, no, no. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spy. I already said that. Oh boy. Oh boy. Off the rails pretty early. Let's hope it's not early and often, although that is a possibility. The other thing that I like to say is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a (laughs) million dollars. No, the only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what podcasts like, and this is one, so it would like it. Uh, I'm going to push a button, and that will uh, start us officially. Mm. Today's movie monologue sponsor is... Tummy Gremlins Children's Anti-Diarrhea Pills. Thank you to that thing for sponsoring this thing. In which I have three... Well, no need to count them. But you can count them if you like. Three movies. Movie the first... Misery Loves Comedy. Ah. May not have heard of this. It's very, very new. Um, It is from Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock who... Every time he comes up on the podcast, although he hasn't really come up too much on a Movie Monday. I guess End of Days would be the last time he came up. Anyways, uh, the first podcast I ever watched was Kevin Pollock's chat show episode number one with uh, LeVar Burton as guest, And as I like to say, I came for the LeVar Burton and stayed for the Kevin Pollock because if you ever want to watch or listen to a podcast about someone, and know the absolute most that you can within an hour, hour and a half period, watch slash listen to his podcast, definitely. And uh, he's sort of one of the reasons that I do this. So, hey, there you go. Uh, He's sort of the behind the scenes of this documentary. Uh, This documentary about the idea that in order to be funny you need to be miserable uh or another way to put it those who are in the the comedy biz quite often have uh emotional problems that normal quote unquote people uh, may not have depression uh, things of that ilk let's say uh as one who suffers from depression and has Um, been hospitalized for depression on a couple of occasions. That uh, sort of thought is pleasing to me, because it at least means the potential for comedy issuing forth from my brain matter is higher than from, again, we'll use the double quotes, from a normal person. Uh, I think one of the most amazing things of this movie is how many people are in it. Like, I could read the IMDb, Page of this movie for five minutes of just well, that's perhaps exaggerations. I'm a quick reader uh, of all the people who appear in this movie of the sort of comedic and actory variety uh, is the takeaway? Uh, I, I guess because it's not really so much a scientific question per se. Uh, is the takeaway that yes for you to be funny i, I forget who had the quote in the movie but i, I think the best the, the best quote from the movie my my favorite takeaway is um you don't have to be miserable to be funny but you do have to be miserable to be really funny. <laughs> so uh, why don't I leave that movie with that quote, which I wish I remember who said it, because that is pretty, a pretty amazing quote, and also say that is if this is a subject uh, you are interested in, this movie, definite, definite, five out of five, hands down. It's just a, an amazing feat. Uh, if you have no desire to know of comedy and its intertwinedness, With Misery, you may not give it a 5 out of 5. There you go, convoluted rating, as I do. Okay, moving on to movie the second. Second movie, second in the franchise. Coincidence? Yes. Yes, yes, uh, yes it is, actually. Okay. Uh, Gremlins 2, colon, the new batch. Mm, As promised, if you listened to last movie monologue from last week, uh, the Mrs. and I watched Gremlins, I kind of knew... That uh, the, the difference between the movie Gremlins and the movie between Gremlins 2 is quite significant. And I knew that this wouldn't really be up her alley, but I wanted to watch both of them, so that is what I have done. Uh, it still stands up, still a great movie. Uh, watch it every couple of years, uh, five out of five, definitely. If you like, sort of a crazy, just a it is a crazy movie, very, very crazy. I know I mentioned in Gremlins <laughs> uh, when I talked about Gremlins about how um, oh what's the girl's name super super hot girl I can't remember her name name curse uh, where she talks about her horrible Christmas <laughs> I think my favorite part of this movie is where she starts a similar talk about uh, Abraham Lincoln's birthday or President's Day whatever it would be uh, and then they sort of cut her off halfway and say we don't have time for this. <laughs> I got a really good laugh out of that. Also, a gremlin that is made of fruits and vegetables for uh, all you vegetarians out there. So, you know, there you go. Movie the third. Oh, gotta learn how to do these quicker. Movie the third is a To Be Takei, to or Takai, or Take if you prefer, as in George Takei Uh This kept popping up on my Netflix uh, movies we think you would like um, thing. And again, Netflix has proven to be prophetic in the fact that I did enjoy it. Maybe not as much as they said I would. uh, But I think uh, overall it would be a movie I would recommend. In the sort of similar vein of Misery Loves Comedy, if you have no desire to know know about George Takei, you probably wouldn't like this movie. If you do, on the other hand, uh, you would like it. So rating-wise, I'd go 4. Solid solid 4 out of 5. Uh, you know what I should say at that point, with regards to Mr. Takei, uh is that uh, he is one of the autographers of NerdCane. If you are unfamiliar with NerdCane, what you can do is Google Nerd NerdCane Adventures, and uh, you can see people such as George TK signing said cane, as well as the cane being held by gotta-be-nearing-hundreds of uh, cosplayers while getting their picture taken and stuff of that nature. So, you know, a little self-promotion, why the hell not? Uh, Yeah, interesting documentary, delves a lot into uh, Japanese internment camp and sort of the work he has done to make that known, as well as, of course, uh, gay rights. So, you know, good all-around stuff. Moving on now. Television Talk Sponsor is Teen Angst Tang Crystals. Thank you again, sponsor. Okay, I got a new television program. Uh, if you've been listening to these television talks in these last some of episodes, uh, you will know that the missus and I watched uh, Mad Men, or Mad Men, if you prefer, and uh, she didn't care for it, so I did not force her to watch more. I've uh, sort of moved on uh, and been watching it by myself. I actually finished the first season um, yesterday. So maybe I'll talk about that in a in another TV television talk at some point. But here we're, we're going to talk about the new show that the Mrs. and I uh, have started, which she, and let me quote her on this, that's okay. So as you know uh, from her, that's basically a ringing endorsement. The television show is called Skins. Ah, British. Uh, I think that has something to do with the fact that I figured I would like it, because very, very often, British television shows appeal to me. Uh, of all ilk, sci-fi, Doctor Who, comedy, uh, let's say black books off the top of my head, and uh, drama. This, although this is a comedy, drama, sort of real lifey. Uh, What it is, is a show that follows sort of uh, British teens in their late high school years, I guess you would say it. Uh, Now, why does a 35-year-old man want to watch a show about teens in um, high school? Because I was once, this may shock you, I was once a teen in high school and uh, have great remembrances of that time. So, seeing a show like this sort of brings me back. Now, uh, some of the hijinks that these people get up to, perhaps uh, not quite as much as I did, but uh, still, (laughs) pretty close. Uh, The first two episodes were sort of introduced to two of the main characters, and I have a feeling that's how the sort of first season or series, as they call them over there in the UK, uh, are going to go. So you'll have an episode. Introduced to the character, sort of follow him or her around, and then they all sort of interconnect with one another. The first one's about this kid, uh, t- what's his name? Ah, uh, see, I got the the wiki page open here, his name's Tony, he's like the, uh, the Mr. Popular Ladies Man, uh, I guess you would say. He's the one who sort of brings everyone together, uh, the Binder, of friends, yeah, which uh, I used to try to do, but uh, that got hard to do, so I gave up, (laughs) yeah. Uh, As I like to say to the kids out there, when work is hard, don't do it. So uh, I used to try to get my friends together all the time, and at at least, you know, once every couple of months, but uh, doing that and then having things fall apart time after time again... Uh, I decided, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. So maybe like once a year I'll I'll try. Oh, that just made me sad. Thanks, Tony. Let's move on to uh, episode second. Uh, this one's about Cassie. Cassie has uh, anorexia and has an overall sort of brewing, oozing insanity. And I really do love this character. She's just friggin amazing, and it's sort of like you can picture how she sees the world, and it's very, very sort of subtle. It's subtly done. Like, she's never outwardly saying her problems. We're just sort of uh, reading them on her face, which I guess is good as far as acting chops, but also just the scenarios she is put in in this world we think how we would react to them not so much uh as seeing her react so it's a a very very sort of subtle interesting way to go about it and i like it uh probably we'll end up bringing back some more of these episodes if i had to guess and uh, i would after two episodes recommend the show i'd go five out of five really really enjoying it ...small system. ...book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Caveman Erg's Time Travel Agency. Uh, today's book banter, a little different, because, well, it's definitely the first book banter in which I have two books. And I think that's because that uh, Jacob Brumfield may have pushed me uh, behind a little bit. I should have read a long book, but I read two short books. So, there you go. Uh, I read Isle of Woman by Pierce Anthony and uh, Orion by Ben Bova. Kind of totally 100% coincidentally had no idea. Uh, these books share a lot of simple similarities. Um, both at points have cave people Cave Peoples, probably more so in, uh, well, definitely more so in uh, Isle of Woman um, than in Orion, but both have Cave Peoples, both have time travel, time travel definitely more in Orion, uh, and not perhaps literal time travel in uh, Isle of Woman, but uh, the the sort of similarities after reading these two books were, were eerie, just for the fact that I... Just randomly selected two books that I had on my. Uh, what do I have? A Kobo. I have a Kobo. And uh, if you're looking for an ebook reader, I would recommend the Kobo. Uh, very, very infrequently, I've had problems with it. Uh, I did try to read one Stephen King book about a week ago, and it just wouldn't start. What was it? It. Yeah, I tried to read it. And every time I opened it, it would just sort of freeze. So, boo. Uh, As for ratings, let me start off by saying I read Isle of Woman first. Uh, It's from a series called Geodesy from Pierce Anthony. Uh, It looks like a four or five book series. And my plan originally was to start with this book and read on into the series. But uh, I didn't really 100% care for the book or uh, so much. Basically, it's following a, a people throughout time. Uh, By that, I mean, let's say we have someone named Erg. (laughs) That's a good caveman name. Um, And then we see them as a caveman. And then we uh, jump ahead a thousand years and we see them as a slightly more developed caveman. It's not the same person. It's almost got a sort of reincarnation feel to it. They never actually say the word reincarnation, but that's kind of I guess what we're assuming is happening, and then it jumps ahead again and again. We're in, say, the Stone Age, we're in the Bronze Age. Uh, We eventually make it to the far distant future, but for the most part, it's in the past. And um, interesting, interesting idea, definitely. It just never really sort of pulled me in, so for rating-wise there, I think I'm just going to have to go 2 out of 5, maybe 2.5 out of 5, and it started off stronger than it ended. That's another thing I want to say. I don't think I'm going to continue on with the rest of the series. Now, with with uh, Orion, uh, it is also a series from Mr. Ben Bova. Uh, and although I didn't immediately start book number two... I do plan to probably eventually move on into the series. Uh, I get the feeling that they do for a little bit sort of stand-alone. Stand uh, this is interesting because it starts with a guy, just a normal human being with the exception that he can sort of control his body to a, a very, very specific degree. <laughs> so, excuse me, he wouldn't hiccup right there because he wouldn't need to because he would just control his diaphragm. Ah, yeah way way to bring it around Uh, so he could control uh, say hold his breath for incredibly long just by cutting off oxygen to uh, to organs that don't necessarily need it at that moment that sort of idea or move super quickly or uh, heal super quickly things like that just incredible control of his body and uh, what's happening here is he's being sent back in time by a, I guess we'll just say by a god, in order to stop uh, a bad or evil sort of godlike person from uh, destroying the human race. And he's sent back, and then stops him. Sent back, and then stops him. Uh, and along the way, he meets a girl. And th- that's one of the other sort of similarities uh, in Isle of Isle of Man. It's sort of two cavemen who. A caveman and a cave woman who meet each other through history—that sort of idea, because they're destined to be together—and and similar to this, Orion as he travels back meets this woman, uh, and sort of that's the the love story, kind of a little tacked-on feeling. Rating wise for Orion, I probably go four out of five. Um, if if it was a five out of five, I probably would have immediately jumped into book number two, but uh, it didn't sort of pull me as much as that, so I hope some of what I said makes sense, but it may not have today's game Gavin sponsor is ring wraith jewelers thank you again okay as promised again I got a, i had a lot of promises to fulfill apparently going to continue slash finish our talk of middle earth colon shadow of mordor mm-hmm. Alright, let's start right off the bat with rating. I don't know why I'm not going to give this a higher rating than I am. I'm just going to give it a 3. Yeah. Uh, But I guess I should explain why. Or at the very least try to, because I'm not 100% sure why. It's almost as if they took a Far Cry game, which so far I've given all those 5 out of 5s, or at least 3 and 4, and then added on Middle Earth. Now, saying that out loud, and I guess as you would say, on paper, uh, that sounds like a genius idea, but uh, for some reason it didn't pull me in as much, which is kind of, it's, it's almost baffling to me. Maybe it's just because it's sort of more of the same. Maybe, I was thinking this as well, uh, not as many, <laughs> not as many, I was going to say not as many guns, but no guns, in fact, in Mordor. Uh, And I wonder if that has anything to do with it. But it shouldn't, because obviously I read a lot of fantasy and swords and sorcery and what have you, so... And you do have a bow and arrow. I don't know, it's hard to place my finger on. The only thing I keep coming back to is it's sort of more of the same. And, yeah, that kind of does ring true. Like, when you start the game, nothing towards when you're towards the end of the game, which I should mention at that point, I didn't actually finish it, so... Uh, There's potential that I would go back and play some more, but it was kind of getting boring. And I have so many games in my Steam queue, that uh, I wanted to move on to something else, so... You know, there's that as well. You play a guy who's sort of inhabited by an elven ghost, so that lets you see things in the ghostly world. Very, very cool idea, and they do make that work well. Like, there's there's times where you're following footprints that are only in the ghostly realm. Or um, those towers that you have to unlock in any game like this. <laughs> uh, you can't actually see them. Except when you get close to them, your ghostly form sort of comes to the forefront. And you can climb up these ghost towers. Ghost towers! Pretty cool. And maybe the title of this episode... I'm typing it, ghost... Towers and because I need an and after that. Uh sorry, what was I saying? Gotta cut ahead of myself with the title there. Uh there there's secrets to collect. You can upgrade, 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 which uh was a little no, I don't want to say as uh yeah. Mm, uh sure, uh, uh it's not like a, a typical sort of RPG in terms of leveling, where you're leveling often. I guess let's let's put it that way. And there's there's not really quote unquote levels per se. It's just you're you're unlocking abilities. There's there's never really you're at this level. So I uh, I think that's perhaps you know what how about how about this for a theory? In a game like this, typically. RPG-style where you're leveling abilities, you've got skill trees, which you do to a very slim-down degree. So maybe I was expecting that, and because I did not have it, that sort of let me down a little bit as well. Uh, I understand that they can't do that in every game, and uh, a game like this is going to have much more mass, sort of broad appeal to average Joe Blow, who doesn't like an in-depth RPG. So uh, I guess in that regard, it does hit more people and gonna sell more copies, and I think this is a very popular game, won lots of sort of Game of the Year awards and Game of the Month awards and what have you, and uh, I could see at its core that that's possible, but I just didn't care for it as much, which uh, I feel a little bad about, so, you know, there you go, I guess. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Frank Stein's Body Rejuvenation Spa. Ah, so very, very relaxing. Okay, uh, what do I have here? Eps, some things from the internet that we're going to talk about, or intercourse about, uh, if you will. Uh, item of the first is Vsauce, specifically Vsauce 3 posted a very cool video called Could You Live Forever? Short answer is no. Next item. No. Uh, yeah, uh, it sounded like a, a group of people got together, uh, and then the group included someone who uh, had access to this sort of Victorian mansion-y thing, and, um, very cool different from most v-sauces that i have seen very high sort of production values which i don't think you need 100% of the time but it was interesting the uh, to see what uh, v-sauce 3 guy shit i didn't write down his name the name cursed twice in one episode fuck fuck you know what? I'll just mention at this juncture what the name curse is. It is when, while driving and receiving a blowjob, I ran over a gypsy man. His wife then cursed me with the inability to remember names or even write them down. Uh, so he talked a little bit about uh, electricity and how the sort of uh, how the story of Frankenstein came to be about. Um, how back in, I guess, was it Victorian times? Jeez, I don't know, 100%. Um, A scientist would, started with frog's legs, would uh, introduce electricity to dead tissue, which would then move. So people thought that this meant that it was coming back to life, when in fact it was just electricity and um, muscles reacting. So, that's too bad. Spoke a little bit about uh, cryogenics. Um, and I think it was uh two hundred thousand dollars to have your body frozen. I always think I think there is what sort of guarantee do you have that it will remain frozen? like what if their power goes out? How many sort of backups do they have uh, It was a lot a fair significant less amount to have just your head frozen that 's probably the route I would go just because if they have the technology to uh save your body from being frozen for hundreds of years, they could probably do it without the body. Like, put it into a robot is what I'm thinking. Hell, just keep my brain and throw that in a robot. I'd be happy with that. Okay. (laughs) Enough about putting my brain in a robot. Uh, Let's move on to uh, the gist, colon, episodic gaming. I believe maybe I put the colon in there. Typing robot brain because that might go into the title as well uh the gist is a segment on game spot, which is a YouTube channel as well as a website uh, and the young lady whose name I didn't write down or remember fuck, uh spoke a little bit about what she th- oh yeah it was Jess McDonald oh wow, hey look at that pulled it out of my ass I uh, really like Jess McDonald. Not f- just for the reason that she's sort of stunningly beautiful, but uh, really, really knows her video game stuff. Uh, so I was curious to hear what she had to say about episodic gaming. Games like uh, The Walking Dead and... Oh, you know what? Maybe that's what I'll play next. I uh, I got it when it was a fair bit on sale. Uh, what's the one... Oh, geez, I don't even know what it's called. You know what? I have my Steam open on this computer, and if I could find it... Within the next several seconds, I will say it. If I can't find it, then I will not say that what I'm talking about is a game called... 20 installed games, one of which is called... The Wolf Among Us. Oh boy. <laughs> Sorry for all that. Normally I wouldn't make you... Uh, wait for that, but I wanted to really say the name of the game. The Wolf Among Us. Yeah, I I got it for fairly cheap. It was like 75% off on Steam, so maybe I'll play that next. Play that next. She was of of a mind that uh, episodic gaming is not a bad idea. I I think it is leaning towards better for the developers. If you're not familiar with what it is, it's where um, uh, you take a video game and then sort of break it up into chunks and then release the chunks one at a time. So you'll release the first one, and with the profits that you make from that first one, you can then spend it on the next one, and so on and so forth. So uh, obviously good for the developers of games. Uh, I sort of think when it comes to the the players of games, might not necessarily be good. might not be bad, but uh, I can think of a scenario where... Uh, and it has happened she did give examples where you buy episode 1, you buy episode 2 and then nothing happens ever again for the rest of human history (laughs) in other words, that's it, no other episodes come out because their sales were not good enough on the first two so the story sort of just dies halfway through that, that kind of idea, so, you know could be good, could be bad, you take them both and there you have, folks it is nice be nice to the nice done and done and I mean done done and done (laughs) I like Ron this is the end of the show a sincere thank you for listening time to plug some things and I do not mean buts you can like us on Facebook you can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory.